Welcome to Islamic Life Coach School Podcast. Apply tools that you learn in this podcast and your life will be unrecognizably successful. Now your host, Dr. Kamal Akhtar. Hello, hello, hello everyone. Peace and blessings be upon all of you. There is so much joy and peace that comes from true connection with another human being. I mean, we are hardwired for belonging and reciprocating. Today, I want to talk about a connection with your best friends, your BFFs, people that you choose to be in your life, as opposed to the ones that you're related to. There is something truly remarkable in social dynamics of creating deep, meaningful friendships. And I want to dedicate today's podcast to such friends, to my besties, and to all the besties out there, and to you who show up in your role as a bestie. This topic is very well placed in today's episode because my friends recently threw me a surprise party in celebration of my 100th podcast episode. I was so ecstatic, and alhamdulillah for these people. (laughs) You know who you are, and it truly meant a lot to me. There is a level of witnessing that happens in a friendship. There is a holding of a clean, non-judgmental space. When I'm self-coaching, I work really hard on choosing how to respond with the best, highest brain in any given situation. I reveal my thoughts and I try to break my limiting patterns. But when it comes to my besties in pain, it's mostly about where are we going and who are we going to beat up? (laughs) And I'm sure they'll do the same for me. These ride or die type of people in our lives. Alhamdulillah, such a blessing. When I was growing up, my family moved a lot and we were always either changing houses within a city or changing cities, or changing countries. This was related to my dad trying to find the best way he could provide for us. And in his mind, he took opportunities that were the best for his family. And alhamdulillah, he did provide. But all of this left me with a bunch of work that my adult brain had to do later on, where I felt that growing up, I was missing a sound relationship with a best female friend. Every time we stayed long enough in a place for me to get to know someone and to make friends with them, next thing I knew, my family was packing up and we were moving. And it was not the electronic days when you could stay in touch with somebody afterwards. And of course, as a normal growing human brain would do, with all of its spectrum of low and high quality thoughts, my brain made it mean that I didn't have a best friend because there was something actually missing in me. I made it mean that I'm not a good friend material. I created an identity of being a loner, making up stories like, I'm an introvert. I don't like to be too close to people. I like to work alone and blah, blah, blah. I started to tell myself, I don't care what other people think, which was something that I unlearned later on because I do care what other people think. When clients tell me they don't care what other people think, I know that's a cosmetic version of thoughts. During coaching or self-coaching, we have a tendency to only become aware of pretty thoughts at first, ones that don't cause a lot of discomfort. They look nice and beautiful while being real and true, but with some glam and makeup. Brain doesn't initially reveal painful thoughts in the name of self-preservation. So many people tell me that they don't care what others think. I can tell you this is the beautified version of an underlying layered thought where the brain is actually fighting not to care about what other people think. If you're in coaching with me, I would say 
this might be something that your brain is telling you superficially. But if you keep telling yourself, I don't care what other people think, you're missing a huge piece of information that your subconscious is trying to tell you. And your subconscious is hardwired to care what other people think. It's trying to show you where you care what other people think. So by denying this basic wiring, you will not be able to explore why you are in pain, where you care. This keeps you from revealing where you're handing your power to others. Coaching is all about exploring the subconscious and leaving behind the limiting beliefs. Now with all of this coaching, I'm not so quick to reject my thought. And I stay curious about, do I actually care what other people think? Why am I caring? What am I learning from this? The answers I get reveal just some more limiting beliefs which I can clean up because now I've actually identified them through exploration. Rather than completely rejecting their existence by continuing to repeat to myself, I don't care what other people think. Again, you're hardwired to care for others, their opinion about you, their view of you. Just be curious about what opinion you want to believe and which one you want to reject. So going back to my childhood where we were ever-changing houses or schools seemed like there was a lack of an opportunity for me to make a deep connection with another person throughout my life. I made it mean it was because I was a kind of person that didn't need it or want it. Again, denying the subconscious programming of belonging. And I ignored that for the longest time because we live in a culture of bypassing injury. Like, if injury was a person she would be translucent. Everyone would look right past it and ignore it exists. And that's what happened to me when it came to my own injury about why don't I have a best friend forever? I was looking right past my injury. My injury where I never stayed long enough in a particular area to see my patterns of long-term friendships develop. That's obviously something my nervous system needed and wanted but it took a long time for me to admit it. Messaging I internalized instead was, I don't have a best friend because I'm too intense, too hyper, too intimidating, too energetic. And you might have internalized a different kind of messaging, like you're too shy, too timid. Our brain is constantly making up stories, constantly making meaning. And I personally made it mean that I had a lack of friendship because of all of these things that were wrong with me. But in the substrate of all of this, the foundation was that some healing that needed to happen. I didn't have long-term friends because we were never in the same area for too long. Not because there was something fundamentally broken about me. And of course, like I said, this is before electronics, cell phones, or Facebooks, or other ways where you can keep in touch across the globe. The fascinating thing for me, while my injury was festering inside making me believe negative things about me, now that I reflect back with a different point of view, I come to realize I had amazing friends that I shared my life with for whatever time period there was. I actually did make deep connections. Each friendship served its purpose and the relationship loop closed right when I was ready to move away. That's how long that friendship was supposed to last. Nothing went wrong there. Nothing ever goes wrong, because now I consider each attachment complete. It was always supposed to happen like that. My elementary school friend and I were not supposed to know each other the rest of our lives. Rather than thinking that there was something missing in my childhood, 
or that there was something wrong with me. <laughs> and now I'm truly excited to announce that coaching has helped me tremendously. Like many patterns of my brain, I was able to heal this. I was able to say, it was missing in my childhood, but I don't have to miss it now. And oh boy, am I glad I did that work. Because the friendships that blossomed out of that healing are truly remarkable. And the people I connected with and I reconnected with are worth their weight in gold. Alhamdulillah. And I am glad to announce that I've reconnected with many of my childhood friends as well. I really want to clarify one point that I'm emphasizing in this podcast. I'm talking about true, unburdened, unblemished, judgment-free connection with another woman. In a real, beautiful, pure friendship. And you do all of this because you choose to. You enjoy it. And maybe nothing else. A woman-to-woman deep friendship. Again, it could be a long-time friend from childhood elementary school, your sister, cousin, or your mother. Or it can happen with a person you just met but connected deeply with. I think these friendships are so rich and there's so much to be celebrated. If you don't have a connection, and if you think such a connection would just take more time out of your already busy life, I would ask you to keep an open mind about how you can create and receive this kind of love without making it a burden. In fact, if you have made it a burden, tending to friends' needs, you've left the space of true friendship and maybe entered people-pleasing. A true friendship understands when you're busy and that busyness doesn't mean you're less of a friend and you don't have to feel pressured to do more than what you actually just want to do. And also remember that your brain's negativity bias impacts your closest relationships the most. Because the people that are most present in your life, it could be your children, husband, or your best friend, with judgment as a deep level default programming in each human, because of this judgment, you're always going to be looking for what went wrong in a situation. You're always going to be judging it with a critical eye. And you don't even realize you're doing this. That's the brain's negativity bias that impacts our closest relationships the most. I'm going to paraphrase a story that I recently heard and it goes that two fish were swimming along and one older fish came by and asked, how is the water? The two younger fish looked puzzled, swam away, scoffed and asked each other, what is water? Our thoughts are so factual to us that we cannot see the fact as real as water, even if it was all around us. This tendency of the nafs of our thoughts The basic programming creates easy targets out of our closest relationships. And our best friends are not an exception. Operating out of our most primal programming through our negativity bias, subconsciously we blame people that are closest to us. Because they're in proximity by location or in proximity through our thoughts as an effect of how much we're constantly thinking about them. One of my clients recently came to me furious at her girlfriend, how she was not being present for her grief. My client's mom was diagnosed with a terminal cancer, and she was so upset at her friend for not being there for her, not helping her with her kids or the family. There was so much raw anger and borderline hatred. If she hadn't told me that they were best friends since childhood, I would not have believed it. 
There was so much spite in her thoughts towards this other woman that she once thought to be her best friend. But during coaching, we processed the anger and the hate, the high energy emotions that were actually bursting out of her body, literally, since she caught herself screaming and fighting with her friend on other occasions. Because remember, all actions come from emotions. It wasn't a surprise that we discovered her actions of yelling and reactivity were coming from anger. Once we acknowledged and processed these high vibration emotions, we discovered they were a result of her own brain's negativity bias. At the difficult news of possibly losing her mother, bypassing her own injury, she zoned in on who she could blame. Her brain performed the action of laser targeting and making her friend the enemy. Again, negativity bias towards people that are closest to us. But the brain presents this to us as a fact. We stop seeing the water we're swimming in. As a reaction to this sad news, she desperately wanted to know how to control the situation that was rapidly spinning out of control. Who to take her emotions out on? She was acting petty, noticing things that would otherwise not bother her. Her friend didn't invite her to her anniversary. She didn't even send a text on her birthday when they used to usually go out together and so many other things that her brain was listing as evidence against the friend. All the things this friend was doing wrong. In the meanwhile, all my client was doing was escaping. Escaping a very low energy, but an extremely heavy emotion of grief. The lower brain labeled her friend as the enemy in an attempt to ignore the elephant in the room, and that was that she was afraid of losing her mother. (laughs) This type of escaping doesn't work, guys. If it did, I would be coaching on escaping and nothing else. Not only it doesn't work, it compounds the original pain and it creates new pain like this did where my client almost lost her best friend over her brain's stubbornness of not facing reality. Be on to your default programming. This nups, this shaitan that uses this nups against us because he will be celebrating his success when we hurt the friend and we lose other connections in our life based on a pretend need to escape a genuine emotion of grief. Remember, like all other difficult emotions, grief has a direct correlation of how much you love someone. My client loved her mother a lot, as evident by the quantity of grief she faced, but she almost demolished her other relationship trying to avoid it. Be on to your brain, guys, or let me help you be on to it with coaching. If you think you have a default programming very much in check and you don't need any help, just notice where in life you're in pain. And by definition, that pain is due to shaitan and the nafs. A human being's higher brain, soul intelligence, handles every challenge with grace, calm, and submission to Allah. In this particular example, when we identified that my client was just acting on subconscious patterns of blame to escape grief, my client also came to this clarity and told me that it wouldn't have mattered if her friend had invited her to the anniversary or wished her a happy birthday. In the mode where her brain was marking bull's eye on people's back, making them easy targets, it would not have mattered what the friend did or didn't do. Her friend's behavior was of no consequence. Because in that mode, the lower brain is not interested in the behavior. Well, it was superficially doing that, but 
what it was really interested in is actually just the action of blame, because that creates the scapegoat for grief. This client of mine was in the real 50-50 of life, the 50% of life that is a test, because with every hardship there is an ease. There is no escaping that ratio. It will be like this with friends, without friends. It will be like this with kids or without kids, with money, without money. That ratio is a constant. All we can do is not compound it by being the victim of our default programming. In this case, there was grief and then there was blame. That was increasing the pain the client was suffering. When the difficult emotions hit us, instead of focusing on them, we channel the energy in trying to control other people's behaviors to escape the difficult emotion, blaming, finding faults, and, like it was the case in my own childhood, making up stories about myself. Your grief, your hurt, any of your injury is not wrong. Nothing is ever wrong. It just is. Everything is a circumstance. Don't make your injury transparent. Acknowledge it. In my coaching experience, some other common things that ruin friendships are difficulty with honesty when someone hurts your feelings, specifically as it applies to your friends. She hurt my feelings. She's too blunt, too abrupt, always late, always makes plans but never follows through. First of all, your friend cannot hurt your feelings. Your friend is a circumstance. She is outside of you. But you can feel hurt because of your thoughts about your friend, about what they did or failed to do. Keep checking in with your somatic intelligence where you are feeling hurt and approach it in a way that is reparative, even if that repair looks like a conflict. I would rather have you be honest with your feelings from a place of respect and dignity than cross over into denying your feelings or going into people-pleasing because you don't want to create a scene. This type of honesty creates a lot more strength in a friendship. It cements it in place, as opposed to always doing, performing, and hiding from the message that your body is sending you. I am hurt here, and this is why. Acknowledge that. If you ignore this message, you're putting cracks in the foundation of a friendship. Let me clarify. When I say be honest in your relationships, I do not mean be rude or disrespectful. People equate congruence and being authentic with rude, abrupt, and loud behavior. When congruence is the congruence with your soul qualities, these qualities honor your hurt and honor your friends as a human. Without blame and judgment, this is a truly beautiful design. And if you guys want to see my celebration of this design with the surprise 100th episode party, <laughs> and you guys want to see what that looked like, Head over to my social media, Instagram, Islamic Life Course School. I will leave the links in my show notes. This party was truly special to me because it was a celebration of my effort. A celebration that I didn't envision for myself. When I publish an episode on a weekly basis, now for almost two years, it takes work. I enjoy it. I love the feedback. I honor the spirit of service that I show up in but I never thought to celebrate it in a way that my friends did. And that's what makes our BFF special, doesn't it? I think the journey of my childhood has helped me understand the true value of what I have now. I thank my friends for being there for me. I thank all of my listeners. 
and I pray for healing in your friendships. I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that our suhbah, our companionships, bring out the best in us. I pray that my listeners cultivate a love of a friend in the name of Allah, in the name of self-healing, and in the name of ihsan and growth. And I pray that we all grow a special bond with a friend, if for nothing else than just for your enjoyment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed that beautiful fitra in us for a reason. Insha'Allah, I pray for all of you to find lasting peace in your friendships. Please keep me in your du'as. I will talk to you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Islamic Life Coach School podcast. It is our mission to raise emotional intelligence among Muslims and to dispense tools of superior mental health, gaining success in this world and the next one thought at a time. Hey, are you thinking about coaching? I invite you to a complimentary consultation with me where I can help you define the solution to your problem, regardless if you choose to work with me in the Empowered Muslim Women program or not. So you really have nothing to lose. Access the appointment link through the show notes and inshallah, I will see you there.